in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. And a very good evening to you. Today we learned more about what happened leading up to three people and a dog dying in a cistern in Bastrop County on Wednesday. KXAN's Sarah Alshai explains officials what they believe ultimately killed them. It's a surreal feeling to see these people pulled out and see in line there lifeless. A trip to Texas that turned into a tragedy. Once they got in there, they cannot reach the top. Bastrop County Sheriff Maurice Cook says two men, one woman and a dog died inside a cistern here in this cornfield near County Road 461 in Elgin. We're speculating that the hydrogen sulfide gas overcame them wasn't long in the tank before they went to the bottom. The sheriff's office released images of two of the victims, 45-year-old Noel Vigil Benitez and 26-year-old Denise Martinez. It's sad that uh, these young people lost their life. Cook says a man from the nearby town of Red Rock led them on a hog hunt. He told deputies a dog escaped from a truck and fell into the cistern. The sheriff says one man jumped in to save the dog. Two other people came up from the hunting party knowing that their comrade was in the hole and the dog was in the hole. They too jumped in. Officials detected high levels of hydrogen sulfide, which Cook believes is ultimately what killed them. Environmental toxologist Dr. Thomas Dydek says it's something you can't see and sometimes can't smell. One or two breaths can knock you out. Death uh, can be uh, within five or ten minutes. The sheriff says the man with them called the deputies for help around 1 a.m. Wednesday. For hours, crews pumped out the toxic water, cleared the gas through ventilation, and a deputy pulled the bodies out. There was a helicopter. They flew around the entire property. Well, Neighbor Andrew Prince says there are a lot of cisterns in this part of Elgin. They're everywhere. Anywhere there was a house, at one point there is a hole in the ground for water collection. Now this one is covered by dirt. A tall reminder of what happened. Sarah Olshek, KXAN News. The sheriff says deputies are looking into the hunting guide's story further, adding there are no charges filled at this time. The toxicologist tells us every year somewhere between five and ten people die in similar situations like this across the country. But he says it usually involves workers who are sometimes exposed to this kind of gas. So what is a cistern? It's essentially a tank for storing water. It's mostly used domestically to catch rainwater or flush toilets. But in more rural areas, they can be used for fields watering and also a place for animals to drink. Underground cisterns were very common over 100 years ago. People were familiar with the um, techniques of building tanks underground and it was suitable for the construction materials at the time, which it would have been brick and, and earth products. The Austin Police Bomb Squad and the FBI are searching an apartment in Cedar Park. And we believe that's in connection to the man arrested last night in Austin. This is happening on Cypress Creek Road. Our Grace Reader is out there right now. Grace, what can you tell us and what's going on out there? Just about an 
Just about an hour ago, this scene cleared and we actually got kicked off of the Cypress Garden Apartment Homes complex. So we've moved out, but uh, largely the folks that were here have cleared out. I actually just got an email from the Austin Police Department about two minutes ago. They confirmed with us that they were here in Cedar Park um, following up an investigation in connection to the incident yesterday that happened at St. David's Medical Center. They said this is standard practice and that right now they do not believe that there is any threat to the general public. We've got some video to show you of what this scene looked like earlier. Cedar Park had said that they were assisting the FBI, ATF, and the Austin Police Department bomb squad at this location. We did run a, a records check and found that the person that APD said they arrested yesterday after a car exploded in the St. David's parking lot did have an address listed here in the Cedar Park apartment. I did also talk to folks who were evacuated as investigators came and knocked on doors at this specific apartment complex and told people that they needed to clear out. People are now allowed back inside. The crime scene tape is gone, but here is what one of those folks had to tell me earlier today. It's really crazy. I've never been in a situation where I've even like been around these sorts of people. So uh, to have this happen in my apartment complex or duplex uh, is kind of crazy, especially since it uh, has to do with some, like I imagine my neighbor or something like that. It is worth repeating that that person tied to the investigation at St. David's yesterday has been arrested and charged. We have all of those details from yesterday over at KXAN.com. The Austin Police Department told us that because this is an active investigation, this was all the information they could give us today. Guys. All right, Grace Reader, thanks so much. Let's get to an update now on the fires across Central Texas. The Plum Hopper fire started yesterday. This was in Caldwell County. It burned 200 acres and is out now. Also out is the Oak Grove fire. That's in Hayes County. That burned 400 acres. The Palmer Lane fire, that's in Cedar Park, is now 90% contained. And the fire in Cedar Park destroyed an apartment building. That building had 24 units and they're all gone. Additionally, Cedar Park says dozens of other units sustained damage after the fire spread to other buildings as well. And some got water damage when crews were fighting the fire. With the exception of the burned apartment building, people are allowed to access their homes. We spoke to a man whose unit was not impacted. He says his lease is ending in September and he was planning to move out. So he decided to give up his unit early. Hey, how about we give up our unit so somebody else can take over, somebody in need. Hopefully they put somebody in need in there. The American Red Cross continues to help those who are in need. Oh, look at that. Look at the front of the house now. Look, look at the back. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Here it comes, man. Well, that's video of a grass fire in East Austin that burned two vacant homes. It started around 7 last night near Decker Lane and Hog Eye Road. The fire is now 100% contained, but it did burn about 100 acres. Firefighters went back out today to mop up the fire, and crews have not yet released a cause. I was going to say, we're seeing a lot of fires out there. We've covered a lot over and over, and the temperatures, I think, are certainly playing into that. And you can speak to how hot it has been out there at the fires, right? I mean, the fire danger dropped briefly today. We've kind of lucked out today in terms of what has popped up so far, but don't get used to it. Tomorrow, 
anything could happen at any time. Low humidity, gusty winds, raising fire danger back to five out of five extreme in parts of the hill country. Back in Austin and 90% of the area will be very high. That's certainly dangerous enough to see a rapidly spreading wildfire like we've seen. Temperatures right now extraordinarily hot. We're losing perspective of how rare temperatures like this are. Right now, we're sitting five degrees hotter than the hottest temperature ever recorded in Austin. It's 107 under sunny skies. That has been our high so far, tying the record from back in 2012. My guess is at 6 p.m. they'll revise that upward to a record high of 108. As you can guess, the radar picture completely dry. Wish I had some better news this evening. I just don't quite yet. Coming up, we have our weekly drought monitor update and your weekend plans. Also an update to the coming hurricane season. All right, David, thank you. Attorneys in Harris County delivered closing arguments today in a case that calls for throwing out election results. About 20 candidates are suing to do their elections over again after losing in November. They cite certain errors in how the county administered the election. Ryan Chandler looks at how the trial has sweeping implications for our state's largest county, which accounts for about one in six registered voters statewide. Republicans in Harris County relitigating razor thin results. On November 8th, GOP candidate for district judge Aaron Lunsford lost by about 2,700 votes to incumbent Tamika Kraft. Her party is now calling into question the county's election administration. It's constant problems. So this isn't just a one time, oops, we made a mistake. This has been a year or more of just really running the elections poorly. About 20 of the county's 782 polling locations ran out of ballot paper, causing confusion at some locations and an order to keep the polls open an extra hour. It's not a case of sore loser. It's just, you know, will someone please answer the question why and what's going to be done to fix it. Harris County acknowledges some errors are likely in the state's largest election operation, but they say there's no evidence any errors impacted any results. When you put the microscope uh, and the scrutiny of the rules of evidence onto these people's stories, it, it just really doesn't check out. Assistant County Attorney Fombin worries this challenge is a symptom of the skepticism facing elections nationwide. The general narrative that's been pushed by a certain number of people about how we should not trust our elections officials, that the elections are rigged or whatever it is, I have a deep concern about that. I think that what we saw with these election contests is certainly tied to that. The judge is David Peoples, visiting from Bear County to to avoid internal influence, and his decision could take weeks. Ryan Chandler, KXAN News. And the judge could reorder could order a do-over election, and that would be in May. Now, going in depth here, Harris County has the most registered voters in the state with over 2.5 million voters. For last year's midterm election, over 17 million Texans were registered statewide. That's a new record high for any election midterm or otherwise. Austin Pride is coming up. What first responders are doing to make sure everyone celebrates safely. And death and destruction from massive wildfires taking over the Hawaiian island of Maui. What people are doing to save the historic land they call home. 
Austin Pride is this weekend. It's expected to be a large event, so first responders are making sure local businesses know how to respond to an emergency. The Austin Police Department, Austin Travis County EMS, and Austin Fire are training LGBTQIA businesses in the Warehouse Entertainment District on how to save lives if anything happens. The training included strategies and skills in response to active shooter and mass casualty events. Organizers say it empowers businesses and employees to really help minimize the loss of life if tragedy strikes. They also say it's about gaining trust. That's the purpose of this training is to add minutes, add time to that life, add time to allow us to be able to respond and provide the other resources, but not allow somebody not to be receiving as immediate of a response as possible. And the training was possible due to funding and coordination from the Lesbian and Gay Peace Officers Association. It's been more than two months since any significant rainfall in the Austin area, nor across central Texas. Nothing has fallen in the gauge so far this month. Another dry day so far at Camp Mabry. Your first warning forecast right after this. To the dire situation in Hawaii, at least three dozen people are dead and hospitals stretched to their limits, threatening treating the injured as wildfires destroy parts of the island of Maui. And NBC's Jay Gray tells the story of the loss of life and history. Investigators still aren't sure what sparked the blaze, but it's very clear what fed the intense flames. Drought conditions on the island providing a few winds with gusts to 85 miles an hour, pushing the fire much faster than teams can control. The power went out yesterday, like 4.30 or 5 a.m., and then the gas station blew up at like 3, and since then we've just been trying to outrun a fire. Some forced into the ocean to escape the flames, but there was no escape for the historic town of Lahaina. It looked as if... Um, it's just the whole town was devastated. The whole town was decimated. Like many areas across the island where all that's left is rubble and ash, the firestorm pushing hundreds into shelters, most with only a few things they could carry during their rush to safety. Local people have lost everything. They've lost their house. They've lost their animals. And it's, it's devastating. Tourists at the core of the island's economy are being told for now to stay away. The airport packed with thousands forced to cut vacation short, scrambling to find any flight that will get them away from the flames. It's just scary to see a big wildfire just kind of coming your way, and it's not something I ever experienced before. The National Guard now joining the fight, an effort to make sure all of this place that many call paradise isn't lost. Jay Gray, NBC News. And a conversation we had during our editorial meeting mm. was about how the hurricane played a role in this. Right. It wasn't close enough to bring rain to the area, mm -hmm. but it was close enough to bring the wind. Let me show you the map where Hurricane Dora is shown by the yellow arrow on the left side. Dora is more than 1,000 miles away, but when it passed a little bit closer to the south, that low pressure combined with the high pressure to the north of the islands really funneled the winds right there over Maui, contributing to that devastating and tragic situation. Back here at home, our own hurricane season looks to heat up soon. Let's shift from the Pacific 
Back to the Atlantic. Today, NOAA hurricane forecasters upped their numbers by two or three for the coming season. Of course, we are already in hurricane season, but we've only had five named storms and one hurricane. Those forecasters now expecting a much above average season with as many as 20 or 21 storms between six and 11 hurricanes. A couple of those could be major hurricanes. Bottom line, the bulk of hurricane season, which could be a way that we break this heat wave, certainly still to come. The reason those jet fuel warm waters out in the Atlantic and the real lack of the storm killing wind shear that we were expecting with El Nino. Drought monitor has gotten worse. This is not a surprise. Last week it looked bad enough, but this week, look at that bright red and even that maroon color growing. That's extreme, even exceptional drought that now covering more than half of our area, including all of Austin. The reason, of course, all these back-to-back triple-digit days. We're now at 30-something straight days in Austin, the longest heat wave on record, no doubt. 105 right now in Liberty Hill with not a cloud around at the Whittlesey Landscape Supply Cam. In total, we've had 50 100-degree days so far this year. That moves us today from 9th up to 8th place. Not quite how, where we ended up last year, nor back in 2011, but we'll see how the next month or two shape up. It's possible that we get close. We do have a few showers and thunderstorms firing out there northwest of the hill country. This is happening like it did yesterday on the periphery of the heat dome, which has shifted slightly over the Gulf of Mexico. The proximity of the heat dome, though, still means these are going to get squashed before they have any chance of coming our way. New high-resolution modeling data coming in just at 5 o'clock, showing the suggestion of a little rain approaching the northern hill country. But just like we saw last night, you may see some towering clouds northwest of San Saba County, but they're not going to deliver for us. That sinking air just stops it in its tracks. Red flag warning for dangerous fire weather until 11 p.m. today, again from noon to 11 tomorrow. Also, excessive heat warnings until 9 p.m. tonight, again during the heat of the day tomorrow. We had to check with the Weather Service because we we're pretty sure we've never seen this many in a given year, and we haven't. They said this is their 15th excessive heat warning to be issued this year. The previous record was three in a given year. That just happened last summer. Tonight's forecast, breezy and warm at 79. Tomorrow, hardly a cloud around, and it's possible that we've got another record high of 108, crushing the current record from back in 2015. Record highs come and go through the weekend and beyond, but the bottom line is that for the next 7 to 10 days at least, we still don't break the heat wave. We still don't have a chance of rain. Hopefully beyond August 20th, though, we could see a little glimmer of relief. We'll keep you advised as that gets closer. We're learning more about the man the FBI shot and killed after making threats toward President Joe Biden, what he posted on social media before the FBI came to his house.